Alex. Guckste, hörste, klickste. Mittwoch, 20 Uhr. Hallo, herzlich willkommen zu Ask Lou and Lada Nummer 3 mit Lady Lou, Lada Redstar und mir als Co-Moderatorin Susan. Hallo, listeners of Radio Alex. My name is Lada Redstar and I'm here with Susan and Lady Lou. And we are presenting you our show for the first time on your airwaves. And it is a very exciting show about burlesque, about seduction, about sex. So, what is this radio show about? Actually, you listeners are participating in it. And you can send us your questions about so many different topics. And you can ask us whatever your heart desires, whether it's advice about dating, sex, relationships, styling, burlesque, love, lust, seduction, or how to be happy with your life. And I, Lada, specialize in kinky, naughty advice for the adventurous listener. And my colleague, Lady Lou, is there to help you with body confidence and life advice for those who might need a little help. Together, we will delight you in the next episode with our humor and wealth of knowledge in anything kinky to kind, sparkling to spanking, naughty or nice. So we are here with you today, the 18th of February, and you can hear the next episode of Ask Lou and Lada on the 18th of March so we are always going to be there with you and we're going to be faithful to you on every third Wednesday of the month. So let me introduce you to my colleague Lady Liu. Hello listeners at Alex Radio. We are really happy to be recording with you today and uh, this is actually our third show of um, Ask Lou and Lada at Burlesque on Air and today we have a lot of fun questions to answer, some serious, some kinky, some naughty and we're going to make a wonderful uh, web tutorial today with one of our questions. So we've got a lot to do so let's get this show on the road shall we girls? Yes but yeah. before that why don't we explain our new listeners on how to send us questions so we're going to spend one hour in answering in answering all of your little secrets questions but you can send us questions as well so you can do it in two ways you can send us an email to question.burlesqueonair at gmail.com or you can connect to our facebook page facebook.com slash burlesque on air and send us a voice message on our facebook page you will actually find a video tutorial on how to do it so this is the funniest part that your voice can be on air with us ich fasse noch einmal kurz zusammen, worum es bei Ask Lou and Lada geht. Ihr Zuhörer könnt uns Fragen schicken und zwar entweder per E-Mail an questions.burlesqueonair.gmail.com oder ihr könnt uns sogar Sprachnachrichten schicken über facebook.com-burlesqueonair und eure Sprachnachrichten werden in der Sendung gesendet und wir beantworten die natürlich. Und das können alle möglichen Fragen sein über Beziehungen, Liebe, Sex, Styling, Burlesque, was auch immer. Und Lada ist dafür da, die eher, naja, dreckigen Fragen zu beantworten, während Lady Lou euch Tipps gibt zu Körperbewusstsein und Ratschläge zum Leben allgemein. Okay, so let's start the show. 
And our very first question today is from a burlesque performer that goes by the name of Hurricane Arena. And she wrote to us, My gorgeous ladies, my question is nothing dirty or scandalous, but rather personal. Do you ever have self-doubts about yourself as a burlesque performer? Or are you always satisfied with yourself and your performance? Did it ever happen that after leaving the stage or watching a video of your performance, you thought to yourself, this was awful? And if this did happen, how do you manage not to be discouraged and sparkle on? Die erste Frage kommt von der Burlesque-Performerin Hurricane Irina und sie fragt, ob Lady Lou jemals Selbstzweifel hat oder ob sie nach einem Auftritt denkt, oh, der war ja furchtbar oder wenn sie ein Video von sich sieht, dass sie sich dann hinterher vielleicht schämt und wie sie mit diesen Selbstzweifeln umgeht, wie sie es schafft, von sich selbst, wenn sie vielleicht einen schlechteren Auftritt hatte, nicht enttäuscht zu sein. And Hurricane Arena continues saying, I believe that great burlesque performers as you, Lou and Lada are. Did you hear that, Lada? We're great performers. I've heard that. But I've heard it so many times before, so you know, nothing new for me. <laughs> okay, okay, I go on. Must be absolutely... No, repeat it once again. Okay, okay. Just that part. Okay. I believe that great burlesque performers, as you, Lou and Lada are, must be absolute perfectionists. And this is what makes you great. Which I it think... Makes us what? Makes you great. Oh, okay, go on. Which I think also makes you your own and hardest critic. I believe that self-criticism is a necessary tool of progress and improvement but is probably also the hardest kind of criticism to face and deal with. No one can mortify me as much as I can do it myself. So I would love to know your thoughts and experiences regarding this matter. Thank you, Hurricane Arena. This is a super interesting question because actually, as burlesque performers, we've got two problems that make our lives so complicated. The first one is that we are women, so the estrogen messes up with our minds. And of course, we criticize ourselves so much and put ourselves in doubts. And the second thing is that we are artists. And who is the you know, worst critic of themselves or who is the most insecure people on the planet? Probably are artists because we always question what we do and we always want to do better. And it's the quest of every single time doing something better and doing it better than I did it before and criticizing ourselves in order to become a better performer. So And we put our heart and soul into our performance and yes. also our body is out there. Exactly. So it's really we're really vulnerable when yes. we're yeah. out and really showing our art because there is no one producing our shows. There is no one directing. It is a one woman show. What you see is self made directly from the performer's heart and passion. So that makes us very vulnerable to criticism exactly plus with the modern technologies the pictures on facebook where you can see every single default of your body or of your face stupid facial expressions and things and then obviously you look at all of this and you question yourself and you wonder if you're good enough or you wonder if your act is good enough and then there's also something else the fact that we rehearse our acts at home before putting them on stage and then on stage it might be a completely different reaction than what we expected so sometimes it is as well very important to change the acts if you realize that 
things are not working the way that we thought and things are not as good enough as we thought would be. Often on stage during a burlesque performance, there are a lot of things that can go wrong, especially because we have very complicated costumes with many layers. And these costumes seem to have a life of their own sometimes, which no matter how much you've practiced and um, how good you are and confident, if your costume is going to do something strange like get caught in your shoe or um, get wrapped up in something else and not come off, um, then you're pretty screwed that point and so um, I mean these are the the moments that have <laughs> yeah. happened to me that I've come off stage and been almost in tears and absolutely <laughs> devastated and it's taken me weeks and weeks to get over the humiliation. I had one of those moments in Rome during the Rome Burlesque Festival and in the audience there was my mom, there was my lover from Rome that I adore and I want to do such a great show in front of him and there was a burlesque star, Immodesty Blaze, in the audience as well and what happened is that my panel skirt got caught on a, on a cable on top of the stage and it was just turning around my head like teabagging me during my whole freaking act and it was just you know and you just have to go on with the flow and play with it you know and just let you be teabagged by the <laughs> unexpected things of, uh, of of the show but obviously when you get off from stage you're just so disappointed that especially these things quite often happen when you have important people in the in the uh, in the audience that you really want to please yeah but you know what as well when I'm watching a show and uh, there is a mistake that happens that is out of control of the burlesque performer, it just happens. Sometimes it is the favorite part of the show, depending on how she handles the situation. If she uses a little bit of sense of humor about it, she acknowledges it, she gets through it, um, and she incorporates it into the act, the audience actually love her for that yeah. and really respect her and really enjoy seeing that spontaneity in that moment, like, oh, what is she going to do? It's so, it's, so it's not just so rehearsed. It's not like this robot functioning, okay, now, skirt off. Off, corset off and just doing the same routine yeah. there's something that snaps them out of that and it's like oh what is she exactly. gonna do and it's really exciting and it makes the audience really realize actually i'm watching a live show and i'm not watching it on youtube this time so it really gives them this emotion of the unexpected of the live show but anyway i think the question was more about uh, uh how to how recover. perfectionist we are in the creation of our acts and also how to recover from being having a show like this where you do feel bad about it afterwards exactly um, i mean i think in the creational process at least how i um how i create and how i live my uh, artist's uh, life and you know creational process and what i have to achieve for my audience that is watching me is that i always want to create something new and i always go by the say to create myself like a chapter of the burlesque history and you know to put this pressure on me, which is good, and not to do anything that has been done before or not to do anything that is mediocre and really try to take mediocrity out of my ex. This is really what I believe in and I go by. So obviously that includes criticizing every single step that I do and trying to make it better. And that's a very, very hard task and it really can push you down as an artist and get you into quite, quite hard little depressions actually, you know, and questioning yourself should i continue with this am i not good enough but then there's always these mo magic moments on stage or with your fans that really put all the strength back in your body and you realize again why are you doing this to make people happy and to make yourself happy while 
making others joyful. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's uh, important to realize that this is a natural process of being an artist, is the self-criticism and uh, not to dwell on it too much because there is this uh, statistic that says that when you get um, a form of criticism thrown at you, um, this overrides five positive um, feedback uh, messages. So this is really a powerful bit of information. This statistic really meant something to me, which is telling us that it's so important to also balance out this negative criticism with all of the positive feedback that you get and really try to step outside of this um, downward spiral of criticism, self-criticism and to look at the big picture and look at how many people love and respect what you do and how many great positive uh, comments you get as well. Yeah. Hurricane Irina hat noch zu ihrer Frage hinzugefügt, dass Lady Lou und Lada Redstar beide großartige Künstler sind. Und dass Perfektionisten wie ihr sich selbst die härtesten Kritiker sind. Und eben diese Selbstkritik ist es, die doch häufig am schwersten zu verkraften ist. Lada Redstar hat zuerst geantwortet und gesagt, es gibt zwei Sachen, die es einer Burlesque-Performerin schwer machen. Zum einen sind sie Frauen. Das heißt, sie sind diesem Östrogen, diesen weiblichen Hormonen ausgesetzt und das macht sensibel und emotional. Zweitens sind sie Künstler und als Künstler übt man immer Selbstkritik aus. Man zeigt so viel von sich selbst, den Körper und in jeder Performance steckt das Herz und die Seele. Und außerdem performen sie alleine, denken sich alles alleine aus und das macht sie so verletzlich. So viel kann in einer Burlesque-Show schiefgehen. Allein das Kostüm ist sehr kompliziert und da kann, können schon einige Unfälle passieren. Lada meinte, dass sie ohne diese Selbstkritik niemals so weit gekommen wäre. Also die Selbstkritik ist schon sehr wichtig. Und Lady Lou hat geantwortet, dass es eine Statistik gibt. Es benötigt fünf positive Kritiken, um eine negative Kritik auszugleichen. Deshalb ist es wichtig, den Überblick zu behalten und sich genauso darauf zu konzentrieren, wie viele positive Kommentare man schon zu seiner Arbeit bekommen hat. So, after all this talking, after all this criticizing ourselves, we should never forget that us burlesque performers are amazing, super strong, super woman. And this brings us to our first song, which is I'm a Woman by Peggy Lee. Forty-four pairs of socks and have them hanging out on the line. I can start an iron two dozen shirts for you can count from one to nine. I can scoop up a great big dipper full of lard from the dripping can. Throw the skillet, go out and do my shopping. Be back before it melts in the pan. Cause I'm a woman. W-O-M-A-N. I'll say it again. And scrub till this old house is shining like a dime Feed the baby, grease the car And powder my face at the same time Get all dressed up, go out and swing Till 4 a.m. and then Lay down at 5, jump up at 6 And start all over again Cause I'm a woman 
strictly, you know I'm gonna make you well. If you come to me all hexed up, you know I'm gonna break the spell. If you come to me hungry, you know I'm gonna fill you full of grits. If it's loving you, like and I'll kiss you and give you the shivering bits, cause I'm a woman. W-O-M-A-N. I'll say it again. I got a $20 gold fee, says there ain't nothing I can do. I can make a dress out of a feedback and I can make a man out of you, cause I'm a Das war I'm a Woman von Peggy Lee. Und nun geht's gleich weiter mit der nächsten Frage. So our next question comes from a very special listener. Yes, we have to admit that after three episodes, we have a stalker and he's been calling us and sending us naughty, kinky messages that we cannot air. We've even seen intimate parts of his body, haven't we, Lada? <laughs> yes, he's been sending us pictures and everything. <laughs> well... Finally, we could cut out at least one little of his voice messages that is actually a very interesting question, of course, I love, because I prefer the kinky questions. So we should listen to it now. And we've made a little pet name for him. His name is now Pervert Paul. Hey ladies, my name's Paul. I was just wondering if you girls really think that when it comes down to sex that size really matters? Das war Pervert Paul, unser Stalker. Es ist tatsächlich so, dass nach drei Episoden sich hier ein Stalker eingefunden hat, der uns intime Bilder schickt und von dem auch nur wenige Teile seiner Nachrichten überhaupt zu verwerten sind, weil sie so pervers sind. So, und die Frage von Pervert Paul, von dem perversen Paul, lautet, ob die Größe des Penises, meint er natürlich, wirklich eine Rolle spielt für Frauen. My dear darling pervy Paul, I've been enjoying all of your pervy pictures and I've been enjoying this question, which is actually, I think, my favorite question of all, all our three episodes, because it's like quite an easy thing to ask, but it is a very important and big matter. So, Lady Lou, do you like big or small penises? Well, I have had the pleasure of dating a man with a rather large penis and also had the experience of dating a man with a small penis. Oh my God, I had and that experience as well. Yeah. And it was a micro penis. That I'm, I'm going to tell you later about it. Yes. So through my personal experience, the difference is that the man with the big penis, he loved his penis, right? He thought it was the best <laughs> thing You know, and he so he basically thought that he didn't have to really try much in bed because all he had to do was pull out his big penis and that every woman would drop to their knees and worship him. And he was like, yes, lucky you. Lucky you for having such a guy like me with such a big penis. Um, which in, in, in the beginning it was exciting, but after a while I thought, hey, wait a minute. What am I actually getting out of this? You're and getting a big penis. Don't complain, woman. Uh, yeah, but still, an orgasm would be nice. A female 
orgasm would be nice as well. And uh, in comparison to the man with the little penis, he was very different. So he was eager to please. Oh, I love that. So because to make up for his small penis, he paid all of his attention to me and the foreplay was amazing oral sex amazing and he really made sure that i also had fun that i had my orgasm and um yeah i mean there were moments where i thought yeah maybe it would be nice to have a little bit (laughs) but you know you weigh it up you know there's Hmm. pros and cons to both Mm-hmm. Look, I only see pros in having a huge penis and cons in having a small one. I'm sorry, but any woman who is going to say to you, man, that size doesn't matter, she's completely lying and faking <laughs> orgasm and everything because size does matter. I mean, I love my vagina to be completely spread apart during sex. Uh-huh. I love it so much, so, so much. Like the rough sex and a huge penis in me. Yeah, but it hurts as well if and the I sex love the is, is, long, is, is, is too long. Oh, you're not, I'm not no. going to change my mind, ladies. <laughs> a big penis is the best thing that can happen in your life. I love it so, so, so much. I actually had a big penis in my bed last night, and I loved it. I enjoyed every single inch of it, and there were many inches there. Okay, and tell us about the micro penis. Okay, oh my <laughs> God. I was getting so excited about telling my stories of big penises. But okay, so I had as well the experience of a micro penis, which is an actual ill, I mean, how can you say, an actual medical you know condition condition yes and uh, I met this guy in a library actually we were going to university and we just met each other he had something nice and we just ended up in bed like the same afternoon and he just pretended like everything was normal which was the weirdest thing and his penis was in erection the size of a thumb and I'm really not exaggerating his penis was like three centimeters long i didn't even know what to do with it i couldn't do a fellatio i couldn't actually insert it really in my vagina i didn't so i had to fake because he was faking as well and Mm -hmm. pretended that this big elephant wasn't in the room i mean this small little tiny (laughs) elephant (laughs) wasn't in the room and so he he went on calling me in the next days and i couldn't answer because I didn't know what to tell him because he would just pretend that everything was normal when it wasn't. So that must be very, very hard for a man. So but it would uh, have been better for him just to face up and uh, yeah. mention it and make yeah. it uh, something. I think so. I think so because as well those little games can become a little fetishism, you know. I'm having, he could just have explained it like, I'm ha- look, I have something amazing that you've never seen before and that you never will now. Let's try to play with it, you know? Uh, You know, just like make a fetishism out of a default, you know? And then I would have fun, actually, because this small little tiny thing, I would just play it around with it. But he was just pretending that everything was more normal when it wasn't. Yeah, awkward. Mm -hmm. And did you have an orgasm? (laughs) No. (laughs) What? I didn't felt absolute, I didn't feel anything at all like nothing and I just had to pretend a little bit to enjoy it I didn't fake an orgasm mm. because that would have been you know too much but I just <laughs> anyway uh-huh. so right now I have the luck to have a man that has like a a normal size penis but he does make so many efforts as you said Lady Lou and that's like so amazing and so many good orgasms so it's sort of a true that pleasure in sex is something in between a good size penis and what a man can give you, big as well in his efforts, not only in his size. 
Also, welche Penisgröße bevorzugen Lady Lou und Lada Redstar? Lady Lou hat gesagt, dass sie zwei verschiedene Erfahrungen hatte. Sie hat einmal sich mit einem Mann getroffen, der einen sehr großen Penis hatte. Und dieser Mann ist aber überhaupt nicht auf ihre Bedürfnisse eingegangen. Er ist davon ausgegangen, dass nur weil er einen großen oder riesigen Penis hat, das allein schon reichen würde, um Lady Lou zu begeistern und um ihr Orgasmen zu entlocken. Das hat dann aber leider nicht geklappt. Im Gegensatz dazu war das Treffen mit dem Mann mit dem kleineren Penis viel erfolgreicher, denn er ist richtig auf die Bedürfnisse von Lady Lou eingegangen und hat sehr darauf geachtet, dass sie auch ihren Spaß hat. Lada Redstar hat gesagt, dass alle Frauen, die behaupten, dass die Penisgröße keine Rolle spielt, lügen. Denn für sie spielt die Penisgröße sehr wohl eine Rolle und sie mag besonders große Penisse. Sie mag es, wenn ihre Vagina total mehr als ausgefüllt wird, richtig auseinandergespreizt wird. Das gibt ihr das höchste Glücksgefühl und das ist für sie das Beste, was es überhaupt gibt. Und einmal hat sie sich mit einem Mann getroffen, der hatte einen Mikropenis, sowas gibt es ja auch. Und dieser Penis war im erigierten Zustand drei Zentimeter groß. Und das wäre eigentlich gar nicht so schlimm gewesen, wenn dieser Mann mit offenen Karten gespielt hätte und nicht die ganze Zeit so getan hätte, als wäre das völlig normal. Denn so war die Situation für beide sehr unangenehm. Lada musste vortäuschen, dass für sie alles normal ist, weil eben der Mann vorgetäuscht hat, dass für ihn auch alles normal ist. Hingegen, wenn er gesagt hätte, hier, schau mal, ich habe hier was ganz Besonderes, dann hätte man daraus so eine Art Fetischspiel machen können. Also selbst wenn man einen kleinen oder Mikropenis hat, ist es besser, immer mit offenen Karten zu spielen und vor allem auf die Bedürfnisse der Frauen einzugehen. And I suggest to our listener to absolutely never Google micro penis because if you don't have a strong heart, you're not going to be able to stand that vision. Anyway, how amazing is this transformation, this metamorphosis from a soft little penis and then when it gets hard in your hands? Hmm, but don't we all love that? So while you're doing that, don't you maybe ask yourself that question, how big can you get, little man? And this is the next song that we are going to listen to by Lucky Millinder and his orchestra. Orchestra. Can you hear me? What you talking about? Can you hear me? What you talking about? Can you hear me? What you talking about? How big can you get, little man, before? your job how big do you dig little man how big how big how big how high can you fly little man before your head goes pop how big can you stretch your wig how big how big how big there's gotta be a top and bottom to know where you're at cause you're living in the groove that's got em. but remember you're up to bed how big can you get little man before you blow your top how big do you dig little man how 
Kommen wir zum Teil der Ask Lou and Lada Show, in dem wir eine eurer Fragen mit einem Videotutorial beantworten. Und dieses Video könnt ihr später finden auf unserer Facebook-Seite facebook.com-burlesque-on-air und dort wird das Video dann auf YouTube verlinkt sein. And now we come to the part of the show where we use one of your questions to make a video tutorial. And you can see that video tutorial on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash burlesque on air. Let's go to the question. Hello, Adra. Hamdita. Hamdita. And I want to know. I want to know. What's your? What's your? Favorite dress. Right back to you. So, Lada, would you like to come and help us answer this question? Come on over here. So, first of all, who would ever guess that we have a three-year-old kids listening to our naughty talks but the question is so cute so she's asking me if i wear vintage i do wear vintage all the time and maybe i'm gonna explain you why vintage has this perfection in details that the clothes nowadays have lost for example lady lou are you not seeing some hidden perfections in me i'm just like moving my shoulders for the listener on the radar and not looking at us and something is not showing. What would happen with a modern dress if I would do those really <gasps> movements? Wait a minute. I think I see it, Lada. You don't see it. You, you see that you don't see I it. I think I don't see it. Where is your bra strap, Lada? Are you wearing a bra? 
come closer because now I'm gonna show you all the little details that I really love in vintage dresses for example this one that has a little little hook here where you actually hook your bra inside so in a modern dress if I would do maybe this movement, oh my God, and I hate these little imperfections, this would happen. But with a vintage dress, with the little hooks that I have inside, these things can never happen. And you can be sexy from the back, you can be sexy from the front and from the side. And I love that. I love those details. And manufacturing, the manufacturing of the modern dresses, that just doesn't happen anymore. Hmm. But Suzanne, are you wearing a vintage dress today? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I really want to see Suzanne's vintage dress. So, have a look. <laughs> Come over here, Suzanne. Yeah. Let's yeah. have a good look at you. So I would love to see your dress there. What? How do you like it? Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So, this is a little, little, oh. <laughs> That's exactly the size of the micropenis that I had intercourse with. <laughs> so, Suzanne, very special dress. Uh, but I think, let's have a look. We've got so many lovely dresses in the corner. Uh, Lada, what do you think? Should we try to put her into one of these dresses? I'm still, I'm st I'm still trying to, to, to get back to my senses while seeing this. So... Who told you that this was vintage, Suzanne? It's from the 90s, I think. Isn't this vintage, no? And you know what? Suzanne is right, because actually what is considered vintage today, it what is at least 20 or more years old. Mm -hmm. So you are right, Suzanne. This uh -huh. is a vintage dress, mm -hmm. but I just can't accept it. I mean, so you know what? I'm going to put you in a real princess vintage dress. And this is going to be the dress from my collection mm -hmm. that you are going to be wearing. Oh, okay. So go in the back room, mm -hmm. Suzanne, and change yourself quickly. While I'm doing that, I want to show to our listeners and to you, Lady Lou, my little collection and what I find so special about my dresses. Like, for example, look, the detail that I showed you before about my bra, there's something else as well. For example, in the vintage dresses, you would have those little straps at the, on the waistline that would be that will help you to have a smaller waist. So you just hook yourself, and um, I can't show it to you now, but anyway, so it will make your waist look so much smaller. And then what I love about vintage, come closer, come closer, are those, for example, beaded things. Look at those details, of course, made in Hong Kong, probably by kids at that time, because it was still not so politically incorrect to use kids and uh, slave slavery in uh, colonies, but we would have these amazing things. Or for example, this piece that was actually from a Hollywood uh, movie, and look at those details. Who would ever see those little details, for example, in the movie or while this dancer was on stage, but still, they were there. And in modern things, you just don't do that anymore. So, I'm going to answer now to the I'm going to answer now uh, to the question of our listener, which is, what is my what is my favorite princess dress? And do princesses wear vintage? Um, of course, princesses wear vintage because they would never wear something that is bad quality. And vintage is amazing quality. And while I'm changing into my princess dress, I'm gonna let you, Lady Lou show your vintage dress and explain your vintage dress okay so today i have underneath my jacket my favorite vintage dress for you so let me just take off the jacket wait one moment uh, 
And here it is, my favorite dress. I'm going to do a turn. Whoa. So here we have. Um, this beautiful dress, I actually found this one in Copenhagen while I was performing there and I had time to do some vintage shopping and I was absolutely delighted because this nude colour uh, is my favourite colour at the moment and to be able to find a dress that is uh, fully lace in this nude colour that fits me perfectly was a dream. I tell you, I was on a high for about a week. I could not believe it. I found my perfect dress. So this is definitely my favorite. But um, I've got some advice for ladies who may be similar to myself. I am tall. Um, I have a larger frame. I have big feet, big hands. And it is often really difficult to find vintage dresses which fit because a lot of vintage things are petite because the people back then were smaller. But there are really good uh, vintage inspired dresses. So they are new dresses inspired by the vintage fashion. Uh, but you have to be really careful about um, what you uh, shop for with vintage inspired because a lot of places try to say that things with, that are covered in polka dots and flaming dice and skulls uh, that these are vintage inspired. In fact, they're not so much. They're a bit costumey um, and a bit um, going into more rockabilly, psychabilly direction. But if you want real, uh, sophisticated, glamorous, vintage-inspired dresses, uh, we will uh, put some links to some nice shops. Uh, for example, this is one of my favorite vintage-inspired dresses from a designer called Goldstuck uh, from Vienna. And uh, this just makes me feel um, very elegant and, and gorgeous when I wear it. So, And um, it's just helpful for those ladies on the larger sizes. So let's go forward now. Uh, Lada, do you have your princess dress on for us to see? Here she is. I hope I'm not disappointing Dita. We're just... This princess vintage perfection that I bought on an auction from the Folie Bergère. So it was, it was uh, the dress of one of the dancers of the Folie Bergère. So you were saying about uh, uh, the vintage uh, dresses, where can we buy them? And there are amazing platforms online where you can get amazing vintage, which is of course Etsy and eBay. But as well on Facebook, there is this amazing group called Oulala. We're going to write you the link down in the video and on our Facebook page, facebook.com burlesque on air. And uh, where you can amaze, find amazing vintage uh, things going all day long all day long selling 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 so this is my princess dress but maybe we should see Suzanne I see that Suzanne got into my beaded princess Suzanne come here I, I did my best well your best is not enough <laughs> why didn't you get this off I don't, I don't know how, how like this no this just goes in it just it just flows behind you okay. keep the microphone <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, let me try to zip you in. Well, your waist is not as tiny as mine. What? So I think that I cannot zip you in. I only have 11 ribs. <laughs> you should have 10. Always get better and better. Don't you? So how are you feeling, Susan? Yeah. In this it's, vintage beauty? It's... Uh, We're gonna leave it. Yes. I don't know, what do you think? I think you just look like Marilyn Monroe, oh, yeah. like Jane Mansfield. I mean, look <laughs> at the difference. No, but keep, take a vintage pose as well. Mm -hmm. <gasps> Stay straight. Stay pretty. Okay, but I think that, you know what I like about vintage? 
He's been naked in it. And I have my huge collection of uh, nightgowns, and I'm a bit of a nightgown fetish. And I've got all this, and this from the 20s, and this from the 40s, and this from the 50s. And uh, the feeling of a soft silk on my naked skin makes me feel so good. Mm -hmm. So I'm just gonna let you a little bit uh, leave me in private, and I'm gonna get naked just for you listeners of Radio Alex. So, Suzanne, <laughs> tell me, how do you feel in your vintage dress? I'm a bit distracted by the naked Lada, but um, <laughs> yeah, I've, it's, it's fine. It's like, I mean, it's difficult to walk in such dresses, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, I think, um, I don't know if I would wear this every day, but maybe for... Um, certain events also. So I have to say, we have to work on your posture, Suzanne. If yeah. you're going to wear a dress like this, what did we tell you, right? Oh, yeah. Ready? Rib cage up. You remember those breasts have to point to the heavens, uh -huh. to the heavens. Hallelujah. <laughs> point them upward. That's it. That's yeah. it. Better. Better. Exactly. Hand on the hip. Mm -hmm. Just act, still act Relax, still relaxed. Mm -hmm. Soften the face, a little smile. There you go. Now turn and let us see. Okay, wonderful. Oh, that's it. Okay, work it, girlfriend. And give us a smile. Yes, gorgeous. Okay, so is Lada Red Star ready? Let's see. <gasps> she is, and she's naked. <gasps> Get a zoom in from the ground up. We've got to see this in her vintage nightgown, lady Lu uh, ladies and gentlemen. Lada Red Star is naked underneath and showing us her gorgeous body. So everyone, you must see this on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash burlesque on air. Do not miss this opportunity. So we've just seen Lada Red Star's luxurious body in her vintage lingerie. I wonder what fabric it was. It looks like it felt good. I guess India Adams knows it's silk. There's nothing like a new dress to make you feel like a new man. It's silk, feel it. I wouldn't fool you, boy. It's silk, feel it. It's just as cool and smooth as milk, feel it. But don't steal it. I must wear it. Though it's so sheer, I nearly can't bear it. Because I fear each time I do wear it. I might tear it Now when the man said Take your pick You don't think I'd pick Rayon But this one's so darn slick I wonder how it's ever gonna stay on It's the McCoy Feel it And it will make you jump for joy Feel it Go on and take it, boy Feel that lovely silk Till I holler Stop! It's silk Feel it But don't blow your 
Jump for joy, feel it, gonna take it, boy. Feel that lovely silk till I holler. Stop! It's silk, feel it, but don't blow your top. There's nothing like a new man to make you feel like a new Kreatives Radio für Berlin. Alex. Guckste, hörste, klickste. Das war It's Silk von India Adams. Und nun kommen wir zu unserer nächsten Frage, die bei uns über E-Mail eingegangen ist. So let's go on with our next question, which is from Patricia in Leipzig. And she wrote us a message asking, what is your favorite trick? To turn someone on during foreplay. Also die Frage von Patricia aus Leipzig lautet, was ist euer Lieblingstrick, mit dem ihr jemanden beim Vorspiel anturnt? So, I think that we shouldn't, you know, put limits on this foreplay. It shouldn't only happen when you are already in the bedroom, but it should happen before, when you meet the guy. Every word should be a foreplay, every word should be a way to excite his senses. And as well, for example, in my case, I've created my flat that looks like a bordel from the 20s. So as soon as a guy gets in, it's already a foreplay, because it's, it's an experience in itself. And the sexy smells of my flat that smells like vanilla and uh, papier d'armenie and then getting inside the bedroom is just the end of this long foreplay that has lasted for at least two hours where he just would die if he doesn't get me what about you lady lou well my favorite trick one of my favorite things during foreplay is actually dirty talk mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i do love mm -hmm. me a little bit of dirty talk And I think it's just a fun, playful way of communicating. Uh, and I actually have a funny story about Dirty Talk. Would you like to hear it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this was actually an experience with a woman. Uh, and her and I were getting hot and steamy. And then she started to talk dirty. And I thought, oh, yes, this is one of my favorite things. Oh, you go, girl. And she started, and I got quite excited. But then she didn't stop. <laughs> she kept talking and talking and talking. And then eventually she started to answer herself. 
Huh? What? I know. Not only asking a question, but answering herself. <laughs> I, tell, I tell you what, it took dirty talk onto a whole new level. And I have to say it was extremely distracting. I totally got put off my game. <laughs> and all I could think was, okay, I'm making out in a nightclub toilet with this schizophrenic psycho now. Which kind of thing would you say? We want to hear it. How was that sounding? Oh, it went something like, oh, you're a bad, bad, naughty, dirty, filthy bitch. Aren't you making out in this bathroom, you dirty girl? <laughs> and and then I would just about to be uh, to answer the question, and then she would say to herself, "I know, but I just can't help it. I just can't help myself. I just have to do it right now. I know I'm so bad. I'm so bad." <laughs> And I just sort of stop and look and oh my god. I've got I've got another story of another foreplay going really bad. So I was with my always my Italian lover with with whom I have the most adventurous sex games and things. So we were in a hotel room and there was this little chocolate on the uh, on the on the pillow. So I don't know, just in this beginning he just took this chocolate and spread it all over my body, you know. And then we had sex in these white sheets. And then we when we woke up the next morning I mean, I don't know what the cleaning lady thought when she saw those <laughs> brown stains on that white sheet. Mm. And we got so embarrassed to leave the hotel room like that. But oh, well, it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Should have written with lipstick, it's chocolate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> <laughs> Ich werde jetzt mal ein paar pikante Details übersetzen. Und zwar bei Lada ist es so, dass ihre Wohnung aussieht wie ein Bordell aus den 20ern. Und das Vorspiel beginnt schon, wenn man ihre Wohnung betritt. Und das kann dann so zwei Stunden dauern, dass man sich in diesen Räumlichkeiten aufhält. Und die Männer werden ganz nervös, weil sie erwarten doch oder sie hoffen, dass sie in das Schlafzimmer gelassen werden. Und... Dort bekommen sie dann die Belohnung für ihr Durchhaltevermögen. Bei Lady Lou ist es so, sie hat eine kleine Geschichte erzählt. Sie ist ein großer Fan von Dirty Talk und sie hatte da ein kleines Erlebnis mit einer Frau in einem Nachtclub, auf einer Nachtclub-Toilette, um genau zu sein. Und erst dachte sie, ja toll, diese Frau, die mag auch genauso Dirty Talk wie ich. Aber dann wurde es doch etwas heikel, denn diese Frau hörte nicht auf, Dirty Talk zu machen. Und sie redete einfach ununterbrochen das Besondere. Es war ja nicht nur so, dass sie unter, un, un, ununterbrochen geredet hat, sondern das Besondere daran war, dass sie sich auch noch selbst geantwortet hat. Lady Lou wurde davon völlig abgelenkt und hatte so den Gedanken, was macht sie hier, was mache ich hier auf einer Nachtclub-Toilette mit einem schizophrenen Psycho? Und so als Beispiel hat sie genannt, dass die Frau zum Beispiel gesagt hat, oh, du bist ja so ein dreckiges Mädchen, was treibst du dich hier rum auf dieser Nachtclub-Toilette? Oder bist du das nicht, bist du nicht so ein dreckiges Mädchen? Und dann hat sie sich selber geantwortet, ja, ja, ich bin das, aber ich kann einfach nichts dagegen machen. So, und ja, also das war, hört sich schon sehr verrückt an. Und am Ende hat Lada Redstar auch noch eine Geschichte erzählt. Und zwar war sie mit einem Mann in einem Hotel und da auf dem Hotelzimmer 
Auf der weißen Bettwäsche lag Schokolade, ein kleines Stück Schokolade und Lada hat es dann auf ihrem Körper verteilt. Und dann haben die beiden ganz wilden Sex gehabt auf der weißen Bettwäsche und die Schokolade hat sich dabei überall verteilt, so dass man sich vorstellen kann, wie es am nächsten Morgen ausgesehen hat mit dieser braunen Schokolade auf der weißen Bettwäsche und für beide war es sehr peinlich, dann das Hotelzimmer wieder zu verlassen, gerade auch gegenüber der Putzfrau. Und Lady Lou hat dann noch eingewendet, sie hätten noch mit dem Lippenstift eine Nachricht hinterlassen können, das ist Schokolade. So during the four plays, make that man scream, please, 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 just like James Brown in our next song. Please, 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 please. Ihr habt gerade Please, Please, Please von James Brown gehört und nun kommen wir zu unserer letzten Frage für heute. So, let's listen to our next question, which is going to be the last question of this episode of Ask Lou and Lada. And this question was a voice message sent to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash burlesconair, by the burlesque star from Paris, Sucre d'Orge. 
Bonjour Lada, bonjour Lou. Hi Lada, hi Lou, it's uh, Sucre d'Orge. I'm calling from uh, backstage of the burlesque show. So um, I don't have a great intimacy, but it's, it's right. So I was attending a workshop very special about J-Point and feminine ejaculation. And I discovered a lot of things and it was very nice. And uh, since last year, I work sometimes in my bathroom, in my bathtub in order to ejaculate <laughs> myself. And I, I must say it's quite a success. But it's not happening in a sexual intercourse yet. So I wanted to know if for you, do you have some ejaculation before in your life? And was it something you wanted to have or was it completely spontaneous? And uh, how did you feel? Is it like another orgasm or something different? Das war eine Frage von Sucre Dorsch. Und die Frage lautet, hattet ihr schon jemals eine weibliche Ejakulation und wie habt ihr euch dabei gefühlt? War das anders, als einen normalen Orgasmus zu haben? Hmm, interesting question. I have heard some people say that the female ejaculation is an urban myth, that it doesn't actually exist. But I can say for sure that it does, because I have seen one. It was not myself, but I What? was the one who mm -hmm. made it happen. Mm -hmm. I know. Mm -hmm. I should get a medal for that. I was so proud of myself. So it definitely does exist. And But yeah, I have never myself experienced it. It is on my list of things to do in my life. So yeah, I just doing groceries, buying bread tomorrow, buying sugar, having a female ejaculation. Exactly, exactly. It's quite, it's higher on the list, actually. So, uh, so I'm going to make it my mission until the next show to train, to find out as much information as I can and to spend some time to see if I can uh, make this happen, explode. Oh, Suzanne. I will, should I also try to find it out, eh? Yeah? I think you we should. all should. Mm -hmm. I think we, we should all do, do so our we research. So we got a mission in life mm, to do. ejaculate. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. And we are going to explain that in our next episode. Zur weiblichen Ejakulation. Lady Lou hat gesagt, dass sie schon einmal eine andere Frau dazu gebracht hat, zu ejakulieren. Aber ihr ist das bisher leider versagt geblieben. Und Lada, Lady Lou und ich, wir haben uns jetzt vorgenommen, bis zur nächsten Sendung ein bisschen nachzuforschen und vielleicht auch selbst bis dahin diese Freude erlebt zu haben. So stay on air with us. Next month we're going to be on air again on the 18th of March. And if you loved our show and if you want to send us questions about anything your heart desires, you can do it by sending us an email. Sendet uns eine E-Mail, wenn ihr Fragen habt on questions.burlesconair at gmail.com or send us a voice message on our, on our Facebook page. Und ihr könnt uns Sprachnachrichten über unsere Facebook-Seite schicken. www.facebook.com slash burlesconair Das war's für heute. Verantwortlich für diese Sendung bin ich, Susanne. Damit hoffe ich, dass wir uns bald wiederhören bei der nächsten Ask Lou and Lada Show. Thank you listeners at Alex and Radio for um, having us. Yes, a big kiss from Lada Red Star, Lady Lou und Susanne. <lacht> <lacht>